Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a good time to get back on the mic since we've not gotten great sleep or had a a week where uh, that was not stressful, but here we are nonetheless. That's right. That's right. We are here. Yeah. A couple things that we wanted to get into today, but I wanted to start off with a little bit of a conspiracy theory for you. Yes. Um, I had, so we all know that Shinzo Abe, the the former prime minister of Japan, uh, got assassinated. He had been prime minister, looked like he was going to run again, probably get back into office the way, yeah, the way it looked, he was getting back in, and then he got assassinated by someone with a homemade gun. Yes. In a country in which guns are ban-banned. Very banned. No ban. Like and before that, banned. and before that, swords were banned for the common people. Swords are banned. Oh yeah, interesting. Yeah, if you if you were carrying around a sword and you weren't a samurai, some samurai would come and cut your head off. Like it was not you didn't. That was only for the the, the warrior class and the nobility. They've Is that still had, that way today? They've always. I, I mean, I'm sure now it's different, but they've always had very restrictive policies about their regular people having access. Hmm. how medieval Europe was, too. You weren't allowed to have an actual sword. So they made one that's called a uh, a messer, which means knife in German. And it literally was a sword, but with some characteristics that were different <laughs> that made it not a sword. And that the most common... Uh, it's a whole thing, man. That's a whole... Really? The, I- the idea of controlling weaponry from the common man is not new. No. And it is why our founders were so obsessed with the idea of the common people being allowed to arm themselves yeah. because they came from a continent where it was constantly being curtailed by the nobility. And the only way that they were able to actually overcome the British was because they had arms. Right. Right. Accessible and available. To right. Them. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side note, but there you Interesting. go. So I was, I had been wondering what the motivation for the attack was mm-hmm. and people here, we're trying to put Abe on some sort of, I don't know how you say his name, Abe? I, I think so. Yeah. On some sort of spectrum, like, was he a conservative or was he a liberal? And I'm like, this. these American right. labels are not overlaying very well. No. He was a respected leader and had done a lot for the region and for the continued safety of Japan. And he understood the threat of China to Taiwan and all right. of that. Like, he was very good about pulling the whole region together. And, yeah. And the... the the closest thing you could do to pigeonhole him is he was very much a Japanese nationalist. Right. He, he, he had a Japan for the sake of Japan mentality. So apparently, according to one article I read, the conspiracy is that he was assassinated because of his relationship to the Moonies. Okay. So it goes back a little ways. It goes back to like his grandfather and then to him. Or then to his father and then to him. Mm-hmm. But basically they were tied in. Um, the Moonies is a South Korean thing, right? Okay. As far as I understand. Do you know much I, about no, the Moonies? No, I've, I've, I skimmed this because I kind of oh wanted boy. to go I kind of wanted um, to go cold and hear Yeah, this. Sung Myung Moon. Um, okay, yes. Okay. I know that name. Yes. Sung yes, yes, Myung yes. Moon, uh, the Unification Church. Church, yeah. Okay. Um, so... Anyway, I, I, I want to go. I don't know how far back I want to go. Uh, it goes into the. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't know how to say these Japanese names. Just Nobusko quickly and with, quickly and with Kishi, confidence. Um, basically, his successors of, of prime ministers were Ikeda and Salto, and though they were close colleagues, had abandoned his attempts to revise 
the Pacific Article 9 of the Constitution and had slammed the brakes on remilitarization efforts, understanding clearly that the general public simply would not have it, and further initiatives could lead to his liberal Democratic Party to lose power at the ballot box. Kishi was embittered about being pushed out of office after only three years, and he blamed it mostly on communists. When he paid a visit to Washington, D.C. in October of 1970, he met with Richard Nixon (laughs) and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger. He was quoted by the official memorandum as follows. Kissinger, I think, was quoted. Mr. Kishi then commented that automatic extension of the security treaty had been accomplished smoothly and with very little opposition on the part of the Japanese people compared to 10 years ago when the Red Chinese had stirred up sentiments of the Japanese. In Kishi's view, the Red Chinese were the the motive behind the anti-security treaty protests of of 1960 that Mm. had forced him out. So it is perhaps not surprising then when Kishi was introduced to the Unification Church founder, Song Myung Moon, about five years later, they shared a hardline anti-communist views and allowed them to hit it off, and the connection endured for generations. Mm. So far, historians and public records give us only glimpses of what happened in the following decades. A 2001 research paper by Richard Samuels, however, states that the Unification Church built its Japan headquarters on land Tokyo in Tokyo once owned by Kishi, mm. which is the grand, grandfather yeah. of Abe. By the early 70s, a number of LDP politicians were using Unification Church members as campaign workers. While the politicians were required to pledge to visit the church's headquarters in Korea and receive Reverend Moon's lectures on theology, it didn't matter whether they were members of the church. Actual church members, so-called Moonies, were sent by the Federation to serve without compensation as industrious and highly valued campaign workers. In return, for many years, the church enjoyed protection from prosecution by Japanese authorities for their often fraudulent and aggressive sales and conversion tactics. Not incidentally, by the 1980s, Japan reportedly provided some four-fifths of unification church revenues worldwide. He added that Shintaro Abe, Kishi's son-in-law, and Shinzo Abe's father depended upon Mooney's in his election campaigns. While details remain spare, we do know that Shinzo Abe inherited these Mooney connections. When he first became prime minister in 2006, the younger Abe faced some criticisms for sending congratulatory cables to unification church ceremonies. He, uh, Shinzo Abe recorded a video message of congratulations another, for another unification church event held September 12th of last year. Mm. So there was a national network of lawyers in Japan that issued an open protest letter last September 17th protesting his appearance there. Um, either way, it seems to be this very issue that motivated Tetsuya Yamagami to target and kill Shinzo Abe. Reporting from the Japanese mainstream media is now in agreement that Yago, Yaga. Game told investigators that he blamed a religious group, i.e. the Unification Church, for inducing his mother to donate so much money that it bankrupted the family. He initially prepared to kill a church leader, but gave up after deciding it was too difficult. Yamagami then turned his focus on Abe, whom he was aware promoted the church at some level. What happened next has all been well reported. Why the Japanese media has refused to identify the religious group that formed the motive for the killing must remain a speculation at this juncture, though it reflects pretty poorly on Japan's status as a democratic nation. Interesting. So I was like, wow. That does tie the loose ends together because they were saying it was religiously motivated. I'm like, what religion would there be in Japan that would have... A murderous bent to it. I didn't understand, but his mother, way, yeah. his mother was taken in by these aggressive tactics of the Moonies, and what he saw was that it bankrupted his family. So yeah. he was out to get someone to pay them back, and the closest one to him, he couldn't go to South Korea and right. assassinate a church leader because it's South Korean. So he targeted Abe. Interesting. 
And it's one of the only things that makes sense, which is why I'm like, huh, this well, is probably the best. I like conspiracy theories yeah, that make sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> but it's also one of those things that my brain in that case always goes to, okay, if they're so quick to hop on this being the motive and it just ties it up in a nice, neat little bow for you, what was the actual motive? Because I, I start to get sp suspicious right. of that because that's just when the narrative came out really quickly that, oh, no, 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 this is not politically motivated at all. This is religiously motivated. And I'm like, this is a guy who'd been out of the spotlight for a right. while, was making a bit of a comeback. You know, he he had some controversy attached to his policies. Uh, globalists didn't like him. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's some things. And so there's a part of me where I'm like, are we being fed one conspiracy theory in order to distract us from the actual one that's there? I don't know. But that is intriguing to me. I've I've known about that church for a while. I think it was in uh, uh, back in the day when I read that, what was that Kingdom of the Cults book? I think they come up in a lot of cult yeah, and books. Yeah, I, I I listened to an episode or two about them on a yeah. Cult it's podcast. really it's really strange. It's some kind of mix of like prosperity gospel and and it's strange. It's really weird. But it's tied to one guy again, yeah, which is always a little bit yeah weird. Yeah, it is strange. No, that's crazy though. I've 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 never seen anything like that assassination video. I've I've watched yeah. the angles that are available. I've watched multiple of them, which sounds really morbid, but it's just But how I mean, often how often do you actually I mean it's like watching the Zapruder film. It's like you watching the Kennedy it, yeah. assassination again, but we have better cameras, more people have cameras. You can enhance things, things different things can yeah. happen now that couldn't happen then. And no, I don't mean in like the CSI way that's absolute garbage where they can clean up pixels. That's not how that works. That's <laughs> not real. That's Hollywood garbage. But um, <laughs> clean it, up pixels. That is always that was, my favorite. Oh, can you clean it up? My favorite in, in those CSI shows is when they've got many things that are being recorded by like, a single audio source and like can you mix that down can you pull that track out and i'm like there are no tracks this is one recording of an entire din of noise you can't just be like yeah i'm going to take away the crowd noise and i'm going to take like yes you can isolate certain frequencies but you can't like if make you it go well mic yeah. the crowd and mic the speaker yeah and individually <laughs> all the things I'm like that is how tracking works that would be like me saying yeah it's just it drives me nuts anyway that's neither here nor there but just watching people's lack of reaction to this happening. Like in America, you, you can be in a crowd and something backfires and everybody's hitting the ground or heading to, you know, heading to here, there, or wherever. I think part of that is probably just generally our exposure to violence in media. Right. And, and, and gun-related violence in media. Um, you know, Japan, it's always much odder. A lot of it's a lot odder things. You know, there's swords, there's... And I don't mean, I mean in their entertainment. You know, the the oh. the different different um. cartoon stuff. The the a lot of the things that you think of as popular media from yeah. Japan tends to drift that way more so it seems. And so I wonder if it's just like because there's a different culture, and there's not a gun culture there, and not as much familiarity with that. I think it's hard to get prop guns if you yeah, if yeah. you don't have gun culture. Like, where are you going to get all your prop guns for yeah. your movies? Yeah. So I'm I'm super curious about that because you you nobody reacts even the security nobody reacts until after it was he's the fired second two shot, shot that actually that got him. it done yeah and he yeah. actually even just kind of turned around to look back at whatever had just happened right and and even after he went down the crowd's not like milling about there's no like panic they're all just kind of standing there staring at it it's one of the weirdest things I've ever seen and the gun itself was weird oh yeah it looked like something from it the was, Hellboy guns. It, like was it was made out of like pipe, like yeah. steel pipe that he had cut. Yeah, I I still don't know what the shell would have looked like that you would put in there. My guess is it was just he just blunderbussed the thing. He probably just put like shrapnel, some some kind of shrapnel in it. Yeah, and just what would you get like black powder or something? Like I don't understand. I mean, it was smoky, but it wasn't smoky enough to be black powder. It was like a white know, smoke. I don't know what you have access to in Japan. I don't know either. That that was that was what I couldn't figure out. Yeah. Like, so it's it's just weird. Everything about that is weird. I don't know what to make of it. It's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. But we were just talking about too. It's it's not the only Japanese political assassination that's been caught on film. Yeah. There was one that was during a live broadcast, and I don't even remember the name of the man who was killed. But a a guy runs up on stage, 
with a sword, with a samurai sword, and just runs the guy through on what then was national television in, in Japan. Uh, it's black and white. It's really bizarre to watch. Um, so, yeah, it's I, it w- but it was really strange. I didn't know what to make of that at all, um, and I still don't. This, this again, what, you've, what you have shared with me makes sense. I could accept that, but it just is all. It's so weird. So uh, strange. Was it? Was it? Yeah, the assassination of Enjoro Asanuma. Yeah. Asanuma. Oh, what was the guy's name that did it? There, I'm I'm seeing it here on the documentary on YouTube. But um, he basically runs up on stage and sticks a a sword right through the guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really weird. Yeah. Anyway, definitely, definitely something that um, has happened before in Japan, and it's it is odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> but that's not why we were here. Not why we were here. Well, is that what we're is. gonna do? I oh. don't know. I don't know. Um, what I was gonna what what we were gonna also talk about is uh, one of the reasons that Americans defend themselves and that we have access to weapons um, is the general population's ability to stop evil things from happening. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that needs to be made more prevalent in our media is not what do bad guys do with guns, right? but what, how many lives are saved by somebody stopping something with a gun. Right. I mean, that, it happens all the time. Somebody breaks into the house of someone who's either older, they, they would have no way of fighting off their attacker, right. but they can get to a gun. Right. Um, they would, they're, you know, it's a, it's a woman and there's two attackers, right. something like that, and she has a gun. This evens up the odds yeah. significantly. Yeah. Um, but what we were talking about was the one, in, was it Indiana? No, Illinois. What was, where was the food court? It wouldn't have been Illinois. No. Where was the food court? I don't remember now. I thought it was Indiana. It probably was Indiana. I don't know. I'm checking. Where now. the guy? Where the guy? Uh, he was a concealed carry holder, yeah. and uh, someone came out of the bathroom shooting people. And again, it's a gun-free zone. There's a sign on the front door that says you can't carry a gun in here. But that didn't stop the bad guy from somehow getting into the bathroom with a gun, coming mm-hmm. out, intending to do harm. And in 15 seconds, he he managed to kill three people in 15 seconds, which is wild. But a guy took a shot from 40 yards. He fired eight shots. All of them hit the perpetrator. Every single shot. Now, I heard, I heard he fired 10 and hit him with eight. He fired 10. Okay. Fired 10 and hit him with eight, right. which is ridiculous. I know he was hit eight times. That was the part I knew. But yeah. I guess I didn't know how many yeah, times that he was, fired. That was, that was what I read. Yeah. How in the world, from 40 yards to put eight rounds on target, that's amazing. Yeah. And and he didn't have formal training. His dad taught him to shoot. Like he didn't have. He wasn't in the military. He wasn't law enforcement officer. Right. Just a concealed carry. Right. Holder. Well, and, and I think that's it. using who, that phrase is funny to me. The formal training thing. Yeah. Because there is not. There is not. <laughs> learning some, to shoot is learning to shoot. Yeah. It is not some super secret. Only you know. Military and police know it. You know, to be quite honest, most most military guys and cops don't shoot enough. Not at all. They 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 do things to pass certain training regulations, certain certain standards, but they don't shoot regularly. I for fun. Yeah. 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 They or just for the practice of it, and it is a perishable skill. It is not rocket science. There, it's not a special skill. There are people who make it a special skill by committing their literal life to it. Uh, but it's not it's not rocket science. It's very yeah. simple. And this idea that only a specially trained like there is no such thing. A- unless you're talking like sniper school stuff, like there is no such thing as specially trained. You there's just what you do. It's the basic same thing. It works the same way for everyone as long as you apply like four principles and do it repetitively. You're going to do it right. And and that's the thing. But I'm so amazed by that. And because knowing knowing your weapon is part of it as well. Yeah. Like knowing your weapon, the one that you're holding. Right. That, that, like the sight picture on my handgun is quite a bit different from Jess's. And right. like getting 
getting one in my hand and getting another in my hand, I'm way off. Right. Until I practice with it and right. I can right. get there. But and again, I haven't practiced with hers in forever, but I know where the psych picture is on the spring. Field, right. So. And, and for most people, that would be the case. People are familiar with what they have. There, there are a few shooters, people that I could point to on YouTube that are pros, like that's what they do. You can give them anything, and, and within seconds, they're going to know point of aim, and they're going to be able to hit things re repeatedly. Um, that Again, that is a, a honed skill just from doing it over and over. It's repetition. It's not anything else but repetition. Um, but one of the things that's intrigued me the most about this is how vilified this guy has been by people on social media. Like... I have been watching They're trying people. to make him into another Kyle Rittenhouse and nothing about this is political. Nothing about this has rioting connecting to it anything or connected to it. anything connected. This is a bad guy doing a bad thing that was stopped by a good guy with a gun. Yeah. Like if you're in that situation and somebody's doing what's being done, you want this exact outcome yeah. as quick as possible. That's right. And 15 seconds is about as much as you can hope. There's yeah. no cop. There's no mall cop. There's no one that can show up faster than 15 seconds. Right, right. Which is, which is why people say, I want to conceal carry, especially in places that are gun-free zones, right. like that, that kind of thing. Like, I think about it in my everyday life. Where would I most worry about getting shot at? Mm -hmm. It's probably in church. Because people assume it's a soft target. Right. You're not allowed to carry in a place of worship, that kind of thing, unless certain things, certain things exist. Are met. And, it, and it's like, I also would worry about it in a like a, a store or a sporting event where yeah. there's a lot of people. Yeah. And Although I, I don't worry about sporting events. Sporting events, not so much because you go through... Their security is legitimate. Right. But I think about it when I'm in a crowd where there hasn't been yeah. good security done. And I, I, I feel like one of the ways that we help this is not by just putting up a sign and saying this is a gun-free zone, but, and I think it was it you that was telling me some places are trying to pass these laws. Yeah. If the facility does not ensure the safety of everyone in there, ensure that no one has a gun. Yeah. If you can't tell me that no one in this place has a gun, right. then I should be allowed to have one. Right. Because unless you have metal detectors and you're doing pat-downs yeah. and you're doing all unless, of that. Unless you are willing to take the responsibility of the protection right. of me and my family, you will not tell me that I cannot do it. Right. I am fine with going to the queue. I am fine with going to what will always and forever be Jacob's Field because they do what they need to do and have the security there to make sure that nothing is going to get in that shouldn't be. Right. They have taken that responsibility. I can accept that. I don't like the walk late at night in Cleveland from those places back to my car, but I will accept it. Because at that point, they're not yes, ensuring your safety. and I am responsible then for my right. own safety in that case. And that I do not like that. Every time I go, I don't like it. Um, but I understand that, and I can accept that. But you cannot tell me, especially if you're a private business, I will do nothing to help you, and I refuse to let you help yourself. Right. I... I on the basis of actual morality, I refuse to comply with that. I will not. Yeah. I will not. Your, your uncomfortability with me being strapped is not my concern. <laughs> I don't care. Now, obviously, if, if, it were, if I were doing it, and, and if I'm doing my job, you're never going to know I have a weapon on me. Right. Like, that is your job as a concealed carrier, if you're actually responsible. Yeah. And if I'm told by them, hey, I notice you have this, you need to leave or put, like, I'll go. Like, I'm fine. I'm not going to, I'm right. not going to put up a stink. And, and by that thing, they have their rights. That is their place. They can tell me to leave. And I'm okay with that. I am, I am okay with that kind of discrimination if that is what they choose to do. Right. But I'm sorry. I, I, I will go home in that event. That is my goal. Yep. You'll to go, go home, home safe. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I am, I am very – I have become more and more staunch on this the more I have, I have witnessed the things that have happened in the places that they have happened in. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, there are some cases where there's just no option. I mean, you go in, obviously, into, into you know, a state house or a courthouse or something like that. And, again, in most of those places, they're doing things to protect you yeah. in those environments. So, again, I can accept that. 
but uh, yeah, you can't just tell me no without without providing some kind of assurance on your own part. You just can't do it. Yeah, the whole thing is I'm looking for a response time somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple seconds yeah. to a minute, something like that. That's what we need yeah. in these situations. We don't need to sit around and wait. Like in Uvalde, it was, what, 77 minutes they stood around in a hallway. And now we know that guys with guns were in the hallway. Could have stopped it. Just standing there waiting. Nearly immediately. They had cops walking up to them saying, hey, my wife's in there. Like, we've got to get in there. We've got to go. And nobody did anything. Yeah. They just stood around. And we are supposed to. This is, this is what people say. Okay, you got to disarm the general public because we got to just trust police with this. Mm -hmm. Trust police. Trust, you know, the government. The gov government's the only one with guns. Well, if the government's the only one with guns and they stand around yeah. outside my house for 77 minutes waiting to see what goes on inside, no thank you. Yeah. I'm not out there with the Louisville slugger trying to do my best. I, right. I'm not, while well, you guys sit around outside with the capability of stopping it and you're, you, you've shown up. And granted, I, the, same, the cops have the same thing that I do. They want to go home tonight. Yeah. They don't. And that's fair. Like, I understand the human side of it of not wanting to run into a room where a guy's going to shoot at you. That's what we pay police to do, and we would expect them to do it. And good ones always do. Right. They run to the sound of gunfire and, and to the sound right. of danger. Like, lots and lots of police do this every day. So sure. I'm not saying anything bad about well, and cops again, here. I'm saying specifically in those situations, right. people were not doing what they were supposed to do. But you're saying that if you take guns away from everyone, I'm just supposed to sit there and wait and, and trust that organization. Yes. To do it. And that's my thing. I, I will all day long, I will run into the ground, the defund the police people. And on the other side of that coin, I will run in the ground, the back, the blue people. Because no people group of any kind from race to ethnicity to culture to religion, no people group is a monolith nobody they are individuals and they will make individual choices there are bad cops there just are there are cops who should not be cops and the idea of the blue wall where every cop has to defend every other cop is not okay if there is a bad cop who is not doing his job he needs to be put out on his butt or she needs to be put out on her butt same for anything if if, if you know if there's a if there's a, a, a fire department worker who will not do their job, they need to be gone because they cannot do that job. I am, I am meritocracy all the way down the line. If you are not capable, right. by whatever reason, you should not be there. But this idea of demonizing all cops by the choices of a few is stupid. Right. The idea of saying that cops are perfect and they're never going to do anything wrong is stupid because no people group is a monolith. Yeah. We are all going to make choices, some good, some bad. Amongst all of us, there are cowards. Amongst all of us, there are evil people. Amongst all of us, there are incompetent people. I mean, it just is the reality of it. And so I am. I, I, I will equally mock both sides of that debate. And again, I say that knowing great cops and knowing people who, like you said, are the people who will right. and will do all the, all day long. All day long, put themselves in harm's way, and I will for and I will defend them to the hilt, no matter what, because I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen them do the work. I've seen them do what they're supposed to do, and they have proven themselves. Right. I'm not talking about those people, right, at all. But yeah, I, I and I don't know. I, I I don't understand. Policing is an intriguing thing to me because a police force is not an elected body. A sheriff's department is. Right. But a city's police force is not. And I'm intrigued by that because I look at that and I think to myself, does this exist because we have given up the responsibility of policing ourselves? There's always been an elected position. You know, there's been a sheriff, there's been deputies, that kind of thing. Hmm. But when it came down to it, what would a sheriff and deputy do when they needed something? They would deputize the community. Right. And they would set up a posse and they would go after whoever it was or they would or they would, you know, <laughs> deal with the bank robbers who were trying right. to take the town's money. Like there it was a community idea. Like you have elected me to keep the peace. When the peace is not kept, I'm going to come to you to help me restore it. That's how it worked. 
And slowly over time, we became more civilized, so to speak. And now it's become, we're going to have a police force do that. We're going to pay people to do this for us instead. Which right. is fine, except the accountability part becomes a struggle. Hmm. So once again, we by I, I look because you can't vote the bad cops out. You're actually hoping that you're just the police do that, it internally. That's right. That's right. And then you get in the issue of now they've unionized and there's all these things and it, all kinds of craziness that now comes into it. And it's become its own political arm in a lot of ways too. There's all kinds of weirdness, and I don't blame these organizations. I blame us <laughs> for telling these organizations, you need to exist so I don't have to have this responsibility anymore. That is essentially what has happened. Right. And, uh, and so I don't think the idea of so-called community policing is insane. I think the way it's being pushed is crazy because this idea that we can just take away any, any threat of force and we're going to be okay and everybody's just going to be happy. Like, it's not how it works. That's, that's, that's no. a utopian pipe dream that does not work. Um, but we have. We have abandoned our own responsibility to our community, to our family, and we have asked others to do it. Hmm. And then we will crucify them when they hesitate. Or when they don't do it the way we think it yes. should be done. Yes. Which, again, Which the criticism is valid at times. Sometimes it's by following the protocols that are in place. Right, or the orders of a superior. Bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and there are... There is hierarchical, hierarchical structure there. Like, they have to obey. Now, again, have to is, is a thing, because if you disobey and it goes right, typically you're going to be fine. But yeah. there's always the shot that you're not going to. Right. And they are. They're thinking about going home, and they're thinking about keeping their job, and they're keep right. thinking about pensions. Like, there's all kinds of things going into this. And, and none of us know what we do in that situation. Right. We don't until we're in it. So I can't, I can't armchair quarterback this at all. But I will say... We've had very recent, obviously, proof that all the training, all the equipment in the world doesn't matter if you're not, you don't have the will to act. Right. And that is everything. That's everything with being a concealed carrier, with being a gun owner in general, is you have to have the will to act yeah. or else don't own a gun. Exactly. you're going to get hurt with it by somebody else. That's just the way it's going to go. I, I did see that some people were going around asking anti-gun politicians if they would put a sign in their yard that says this house does not have firearms. Yeah. And they're like, "Really? Okay, you don't you don't you want to take away firearms from the people. Is it okay if we put a sign in your yard that says this house does not have firearms?" Yeah. Is that all right with you? And it wasn't all right with anyone. Not with a single one of them. And that's the thing too is is you I want that thing in the back of some criminal's mind somewhere that yeah. if I break into someone's house they might have a gun. Right. Like you, you do want that at a base level. You want a double Otherwise, clutch. you would go put the sign in your yard yeah. and say, yeah, this house, no and one that, owns a firearm here. Well, and the other thing I struggle with is like all these politicians, especially the national ones, like they send these kids to private schools that have real security right. and, are, and have the ability to lock down. And, are, and like validly, they protect their children because they're in the public eye. People know them. People can find out who their kids are. They can find out where their kids go to school. So they put them in a position that will give them the best chance of not being harmed. And they have completely abandoned that responsibility in right. the public school system. This is why all you want to hear talked about is, oh, let's, let's, deal with, let's deal with that. And I'm not talking about arming teachers and all that garbage. Spend some money on real security. Right. Spend some money on real door checks, real, real, you know, uh, you know, bottleneck entry, single points. point of yeah. entry, all that other stuff. This yeah. is not rocket science. This is easily solvable. You yeah. stop making soft targets, and soft targets will no longer be hit. It will not solve all gun crime and all gun violence in the United States. There is no solve for that. There's right. too many of us. There's too many guns. Pandora's box is open, whether you like that or not. It exists. There are other ways to mitigate this, but nobody wants to talk about it because it is not a political selling point. If you solve this problem, right. if you stop having people copycat the Columbine shooters, which is what all of this is, if you stop having people copycat that, then what do you have for your argument to disarm the American public? Right. The, the one in Indiana, my, the stupidest thing that I heard of, about that is like, well, it wasn't a mass shooting because he only killed three people. So they didn't really stop a mass shooting. I'm like, so he needed to kill one more person? That's what you're asking? 
you want one more person to die, then it's a mass shooting. But then he wouldn't have stopped a mass shooting. So the problem is, if you stop a mass shooting from happening, or you stop it midway through, then it wasn't a mass shooting. Do you want me to talk about the corollary with what these people believe? <laughs> Do I really want to go there on here right now? <laughs> because they have made this exact argument for another very politically charged uh, issue. And I, I would be more than happy to talk about I have about no that idea well. what you're talking about. These are the people who want to say that aborting a baby is not aborting a baby. They're making the exact same argument. <laughs> now, again, I am not talking about the soft pro-choice people that are just like, yeah, I don't like this, but I accept that this is something. I'm not talking about y'all. That is, that is up to you. I'm fine with that. But my goodness, don't sit there and tell me that... This is not killing a human. Oh, you didn't stop a mass shooting because it wasn't four yet. Right. You didn't kill, you didn't a, baby kill a baby because it, it wasn't born yet. yet. <laughs> the logic is continuing, so this does not surprise me. Yeah. It is just moving it over to another <laughs> thing, and it exposes the ridiculousness of the argument. Yeah. I was just like, I, I have nothing to say here. Like, what do you mean you didn't stop a mass shooting? Well, it was only three people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and the, on the other hand, only three. That three is too many. Yeah. Like, well, and that's part of the trick, too. And, and I know, you know, people want to point to mass shooters who don't get killed in, in the action of, of what they're doing. And part of that problem is, A, because there's, there's nobody there to, to deal with it. And they get caught in a car later yeah. or it's a car chase where or they get out B, with their hands up. they want to be caught. Yeah. Because it's about, like, they're not going to resist. And that's one of the things that's interesting with this assassination. You see this guy, the instant he shoots him, he throws the gun away and is on the ground like... He, He's he was, getting tackled. He, and he wanted to have his moment to say, this is why I'm doing this. Like, there was motive beyond just the killing itself. And so many of these mass shooters, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, whether that's getting a manifesto out or getting their name in the paper, or get, like, that's what they're trying to do. And then there are the other ones who it's like, well, I'm going to go. I don't have the guts to kill myself, so I'm going to do it's this like suicide and take cop. as many people as I can with me. Yeah. Just, I'm going to cut a swath of death if I can do it through whatever. And, and that's a whole different motive. And those people get dead, whether by their own hand or by the, by the police, because they'll resist. It's a really strange thing to watch. Um, but there is a difference. There is a marked difference between those two types of people in this situation. Um, it's, a, it's a weird thing, man. But yeah, this has turned into much more ranty by me than I intended it to be. I No, I, uh, I, I agree, though. I'm not, I'm not in disagreement. I don't I don't go as far as to carry in the public places, but I want people to be doing it. Yeah. Because like you said, if you don't have the will to do it, right. I don't know what I would do in that moment. And I'm, I know enough that I'm probably not the one pulling the gun. Yeah. Like, and I don't also care to be that aware. Well, so and, and that's part of the thing too. I mean, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm, I've become a very situationally aware dude. Like that kind of runs everywhere I go now, especially when I'm in public. But I don't know. I don't know either. I've often thought about that. Like, what what scenario will I actually engage if something like this were to happen? It would have to be to save a life, uh, obviously, because it would upend so many things in your life that it's not right. It's not worth it. Well, not only that, you're also thinking in terms of, you know, do I know the circumstance of what's actually happening here? Like, what's the actual situation? Is my family with me? Is my family safe? Is it just my wife with me? Are they in a safe place where I could step out and do something, or am I going to stay here with them and be like, nope? If 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 this person comes over here, we're going to deal with it, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to get. Yeah, am I alone? Like there are all kinds of factors, but I do. I run these scenarios in my head, and it's not because I want them to happen, but because I have to think about them now when they're not happening, um, because that's when you're actually going to be able to have some kind of action and do something when it comes down to it. Um, it's a weird thought process to go through, man. But it's it yeah it it's something I my head goes through often. Yeah, I I think some of the solutions for this problem that we could do is to continue to talk about the times in which lives are saved. Yeah, and how they were saved, and yeah. teaching people how to combat some of this stuff directly, effectively, quickly, things like that. If we could get past the sensationalized headlines of what the bad people do with the guns, right, and start talking about how to properly use weapons to defend yourself in a situation like a mass shooting or like 
a home invasion or like yeah. something just pops up that you didn't expect, but how you handle it, how you deal with it. I think that kind of thing would be super helpful. Yeah. The other thing that we've got to stop doing is the whole like letting anyone get their hands on a manifesto or oh, yeah. what these people say or diving into the stories of the killers and how they did what they did. I understand we're obsessed with like murder shows and CSI and we all want to be investigators. Yeah. But we've got to stop when it comes to we this shouldn't, stuff. We and shouldn't all know you a do single, is talk about the victims. Yeah. You talk about like we shouldn't know a single one of these guys' names. We shouldn't nope. know their ethnicity. Nope. We shouldn't know their political preferences. We shouldn't know their religious background. We shouldn't I don't want to know I, anything about I don't want to know the weapon. I don't want to know anything about but them. But the first thing they run looking for is what kind of weapon was used. Yes. Honestly, don't care. No. It's already over. You should, it's already done. In every way, this person should be buried. Right. Nobody should hear about who they are right. or what their motive was because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All that matters is, A, what was done, and B, what can we do to keep these things from happening as much as possible. If it ended one way, they're already dead anyway. Yep. If it ended the other way, they should be in life in prison yeah. anyway, so you're not going to yeah. have to hear about them. They're not going to do anything again. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I'm, I'm for the whole, you know, eliminating the copycat by not giving them anything to copy. You know, we still talk about the Columbine killers. Every couple of years, you still see a documentary. Eric Harrison, Dylan Klebold. Yeah. Like, how do I know those yeah. names? I was, I was in, well, that, that happened when I was in high school. Yeah, we were in high school when it happened. Yeah, like, 99, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And Ninth grade. And we shouldn't know those guys. Right. We shouldn't be talking about them anymore. They should be dead and buried. Yeah. And that's it. There's no reason we should still be talking about their motivations. Why? We shouldn't be seeing videos of you know them practicing shooting. We shouldn't be seeing these videos of them ranting and raving into cameras. These things should just be gone. I mean, wiped off the face of the earth, destroyed, and we should never hear about them again. Right. And this isn't so that we can bury history or do that. It's like, no, we don't care about what their motives were. We don't care about even why it happened because that doesn't solve anything for us. They just need to be gone. They need to be completely erased because that is what they don't want. People that do these kind of things, they want to be remembered. They want to be known. Infamous or famous, whatever they're going to see it as. And I believe that your other solution is spot on too because it's like take security seriously yeah, or let people form their own security if you're not going to do it. Yeah. And the reason we haven't seen a presidential assassination in a good long time I'm happy about that. Yeah. But it's because we got serious about security. That's right. We've been very serious about security. Right. The the mildest thing, the Secret Service is probably looking into it. That's like, right. As, if it's connected to the president, it's connected to his family, it's connected to, right. uh, hopefully, Supreme Court justices or people like that, that, like, hey, they they need security, they need protection, and we're getting serious about it. We now understand how to keep them safe. We haven't had a major U.S. assassination. That's a good thing. Yeah. And it's because they're doing the right things. Right. People are becoming wise and understanding how to do it. But you can't, on one hand, have that type of protection where you can waltz around safe. That's right. And then look at everybody else in America and be like, yeah, you should be the fish in the barrel. Right. No, we're, we refuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. And that's that's just it. And again, I, I still struggle. You know, I, 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 you know, hear me, guys. I, I totally understand where people are coming from with the idea, with the with the feeling that gun control will help. I understand that. Yeah. If we on, could a, just on an emotional get rid of all the guns. on an emotional level, right. on a knee jerk level. I totally understand that. But all it takes is a little bit of critical thinking to understand that that doesn't work. But I will tell you over and over again, and it's so funny to me because we can we can lay the whole abortion thing over on this. You know, if you read the Ninth and Fourteenth Amendment, there are shaky maybes that you can infer that abortion should be nationally legal based on those two things. You are really having to stretch for those two things. And it was primarily the Fourteenth which the 14th Amendment was about freed slaves having the rights of their citizenship. Right. And the, and the it was circumstances in which the amendment is made should be taken into context. 100%. But even the language it. of the 14th Amendment 
it it bare I mean you can't even find it. It is not in the constitution. It has never been in the constitution. But you're hearing people talk about a constitutional right to abortion that has been infringed. It's a constitutional right to privacy ish which doesn't exist anyway in any practical no. way. And the more we involve the government in things like And you don't hear people whatnot, running around saying, "Hey, national right to privacy" because they know what that means. Right. If right. you tell, keep telling people they have a right to privacy instead of a right to abortion, they might get squirrely when you invade their privacy then. Right. Yeah. And, and the only constitutional amendment that we have that literally has the words shall not be infringed is the one that they are constantly trying to infringe upon. Yeah. It is the only one. Yeah, government shall make no law respecting establishment of religion. Okay, that's a limit on the government. Same with the freedom of the press. No freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, and all these things. And even those things they've gotten sketchy with and tried to do things where people are lawfully, peacefully assembling, and they come in with tear gas and crap to make things happen for no reason. Like, they instigate something that was not a thing other than we don't like that you're dis- not dispersing, and so now let's tear gas you. It makes no sense whatsoever. But they also know that those people aren't armed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole other thing as yeah, well. Yeah, tear gas works on an unarmed public. That's right. Not so well on an but armed public. It literally says <laughs> that the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. It is there. There is no nuance. There is no subtlety. Nothing. It is plain there. 100%. And if you look at the context of the founders, it is there 100%. Right. So as deep as you want to dive into it, it only gets worse the deeper you dive. Yeah, and but if you on go- the surface, it is there. If you even go to the things they wrote about it, the things they said about that amendment, why it exists, why yeah. it's there, all of it points to common people holding weapons. Yeah. And, and again, which were the weapons of war, right. which were enough to overthrow right. a standing army. Which included cannon. You can you can actually find letters from Thomas Jefferson talking about, oh, you want to have a cannon to protect your ship? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're allowed to have that. Yeah, Second could Amendment I, could covers I, that. Could, could I somehow get a cannon for my ship in in with the Second Amendment thing that you're talking about? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And again, if you're going to look at Thomas Jefferson's arguments about the separation of church and state as somehow constitutional, even though that's not in the Constitution either, and it was just his letters, then you have to be equally looking at his uh, comments on uh, the canon and whether or not that was in his same letters that were done the same way. Like, come on, social consistency, people. That's all I'm asking well, for on this and stuff. It, and it is kind of comical. The separation of church and state thing has been blown up as big as it has yeah. been. We don't go around reading the Federalist Papers and inferring all kinds of things from that right. and being like, oh, yeah, here's a right here that we get to have, and right. we get to have this right. right. And, and the government would be like, no, 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 that's in the Federalist Papers. Yeah. But then separation of church and state, it's like, where is that found? Well, yeah. It's not in the Declaration. No. It's not in the Constitution. <laughs> it is clearly the state is not allowed to endorse religion, as in making a state religion, and you're not allowed to interfere with other people with people's religion either. Because at that time, the English king was the head of the church. Right. This is what they're talking right. about. We will not be the head of the church, nor will we interfere with your ability to worship. Right. So the church does not need a political head. Yeah. Or prohibit the free exercise thereof. Right. I mean, come on. These things are plain and simple. Oh, the uh, pastor in Canada that got jailed and everything? Yes. He got vindicated. Yes, he did. Everything came back to him. Yep. It's amazing. It's like Christians are actually free to gather <laughs> because gathering is important. And right. we did it in catacombs and we did it in per- in the middle of uh, countries where it's outlawed and it's banned. We still gathered. Yeah. And uh, guess what? Coronavirus doesn't take that away. Mm-mm. We get we are allowed to. Yes. And not even allowed. We will do it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That is what we do. We'll deal with the facts after the fact. Yep. But yeah, man, I'm I'm just so... I'm so amazed at the word salad that people will create to try to talk out, talk, talk themselves out of the Second Amendment, and yet they'll use a word, the same word salad, to talk themselves into a constitutional right to abortion that's just not there. I'm all for the states having say over this, right, and and having elected representation that allows you to be debated. It should be, um, because it's not a light subject. No, it's not a light subject, and it is a big deal. Um, but trying to trying to just lying about it, man. I, 
I can't handle the lies on both both of these fronts. Because it, 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 it is. Politicians expect you to be stupid. They expect you not to know. <laughs> this is not hard. A constitution is easy to get, and it's even easier to read. Some of it is boring as crap. But it is easy. It is easy to understand. Stop letting these people lie to you. Read some things. Think for yourself and vote accordingly. Whatever that may be, whatever your personal right. conviction is. But don't do it because the Twitter mob or because some idiot on Instagram has done a video. Like, if they have something to say and you find it interesting, find the backup for it. Right. Find Look out what it makes yourself. it true, if it is true. Yeah. Like, don't just run with this stuff. This is not hard. It's work, but it's not hard. Yeah. And so, yeah. Again, I didn't expect this. This is, I didn't expect I'd even have the energy for this. This is surprising me greatly. Yeah. <laughs> we started off saying we were tired and kind of burned out. And yeah. Here we are. I Ranty. Haven't, I haven't gotten to rant in a while. It's good. It's <sighs> cathartic. Yeah. They're along. Everybody's along with us. Yeah. But yeah, I tell you what, man, no matter what your stance is, though, politically, socially, if, if you know why you believe it, yeah, and you can tell me why, I will fight for your ability to continue to hold that belief. I will respect your belief. I will call it valid, even if I completely disagree with it. Because my disagreement does not make your argument invalid or not. Right. But your ability to actually defend it is what will invalidate your argument. Know what you believe in why. And not just because I feel a thing. That's great. That's a great kickstart to believing something. But it's got to go deeper with it than that. Right. So whatever it is, whatever your political stances, social stances, your, 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 your religious beliefs, whether that's Christianity or not, know why you believe it. Don't just accept it because somebody has told you, including me. I am a pastor, and sometimes I say things, and it's not always going to be correct. Or I may have pulled something out of the air in a moment that was just not quite right. I need to be called on that stuff. Know why you believe what you believe, whatever that may be. Know what your conviction comes from. And don't just say things. Believe the things you're saying. And believe them because you know. There you go. There you go. I couldn't sum it up any better. <sighs> if you want to talk back to us, the email is the things we say at mail.com. Yes. You can find us at facebook.com slash the things we say podcast. TTWS <laughs> podcast is Twitter and Instagram. So now you know how to find us. If you want to rate this episode, go for it. We'd encourage that. It's helpful. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.